This is going to be a great one, okay? I cannot wait to be to just get into this because we are talking about her transformation series uh, part four. And today it's all about never being double-minded. Double-minded. Who wants to be double-minded? When we moved into our home in 2020, we didn't care for the bushes in front of our house and around the house. What we had uh, were big dreams of what we wanted for the house's curb appeal. And so we talked about the elaborate yet simplistic design that we wanted. We wanted a lot of stuff. We even invited the lawn experts to our home to come and uh, help us design what this curb appeal would look like. And I quite remember as we stood outside the lawn, um, I made a statement that it shouldn't take much, right? Uh, it shouldn't take much manpower to remove these bushes. <laughs> The lawn expert chuckled and stated that the bushes that I was seeing that we were all looking at when observed from the surface do not seem to have deep roots, but they are deeply rooted and would require certain tools to completely uproot the bushes. Who knew that something that looks so harm, so harmless and so um, easy, like it looked very, it looks very easy on the outside. Like, oh, I can just go and pull these bushes, right? Who knew that something that looks so harmless, shallow, and easy to remove would require this much tender love and care? You know, the same can be said for our minds. We have this gift, a treasure that God has given to us that is that when in partnership with the Lord can be so amazing in our life's journey. We often hear that the mind is a powerful tool to waste. And it is true. In this heart transformation series and journey, your mind is probably the one aspect of your heart that is mentioned more times in the Bible besides the word Lord and heart itself. The mind in conjunction with the head is mentioned more than 450 times in both the Old and New Testament, according to California State University. And according to Bible concordance, it states it 615 times. Your mind is so powerful that the book of Romans is where we find the transformation happen and that the transformation happening by the renewing of the mind. It is so powerful. So in today's episode, I want to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is renewing your mind, recalibrating your mind. But before I do that, I want to say this. I won't bore you with the mechanical, you know, approaches of the mind. I'm not going to bore you with some of the things that um, you probably can read in a book and stuff like that. I'm not going to do that. I am pretty sure you can find that information about the technical aspects of the mind and neuroscience and all that from other experts who are really great at what they do. I want to center today's part four of the Heart Transformation series on one thing, being certain, sure of the type of mind you possess and how you can show up single-minded and not double-minded, okay? So are you ready? If you're ready, come on in and let's go figure out how we can be single-minded when it comes to the mind of Christ. Let's go! <laughs> this podcast and the wider ministry of Godly Woman and Company is to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to honor God, as you choose to serve others, and as you choose to live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice, and once we embrace the process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say 
healed people heal people. <laughs> and y'all, you know, when I talk about freedom, I'm not talking about the freedom to do whatever you want, but freedom under the guidance and authority of Jesus, because that's where the flavor is at, right? Okay. I want to welcome new listeners and viewers, if you're viewing me on YouTube, to Godly Woman and Company, where you can experience biblical well-being coaching, discipleship, and community with God, grit, and good grace. Don't you love that? I love it. <laughs> you can find more about me at www.chiefjoyactivator.com. And if this work is going to be something you want to subscribe to, you can also check us out at godlywomanandcompany.org. <laughs> Announcements, announcements, announcements. Y'all knew it was coming, right? So remember to make room in your calendar for yourself and come join me and some dear sisters on January 18th through the 21st as you believe for the best in 2024. We are retreating at the start of 2024 to reset, renew, restore our hearts. We will be walking 2024 in intimacy with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit and I want you to head over to godlywomanandcompany.org forward slash retreats and register. It is for you. And I have been praying. I have been doing all the things that God has given me as his blueprint. I don't see it, but he tells me to do it and I do it. And I know it's going to be an amazing time. And I cannot wait to spend the, you know, four days with my dear sisters and growing and learning in Christ. So hopefully I get to see you there. Register. My friend Bryn Green is hosting a free online inspirational series called Faith in Action, Practical Strategies for Everyday Living, where she has interviewed over 23 experts on the topic of faith. And I got the honor of being invited to be part of it. And so I'm inviting you, dear sister, go over to Bryn's page, and I'm going to share that shortly, so that you can be a part of it. Twin, over 20 experts, y'all. These are people who are walking the walk with the Lord and have been given the visions and things that God is asking them to share with you. In this summit, you will experience daily inspiration to live with joy and peace. So if you're looking for like a daily devotional, consider November your time to have this daily devotional with Bryn and me and everybody else, some of our friends in ministry. Daily expert interviews, including me, and you don't want to miss it, okay? I want you to go and register and check out the information that I have for you. It is amazing. Okay, go to unfadingbeautyandstrength.com forward slash faith in action summit dot faith in action summit k dot coker daisy. Okay, unfadingbeautyandstrength.com. You will find the links there to go to where you need to go. Okay, so I hope to see you there. All right, so the show, let's get started. I am all excited. And if you see me on YouTube, you can see the excitement in my face. Okay, because I'm very excited about this topic. <laughs> next to the heart, this is the next topic that really gets me going because it's a part of the heart, but it's become the, the central topic that everybody talks about. So let me start by saying this. You are a warrior and not a warrior. I am wearing my t-shirt. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it all, but yes, you are a warrior, dear sister. And the warrior is because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he attacks your mind and puts things in here and kind of makes you see things that you shouldn't see or see things that if you see, you don't know what to do with them. And I have my t-shirt on to remind you of that. If you want this t-shirt, go to our page on Instagram. We have the links on Instagram and you can definitely order one for yourself. So your mind shall not be overwhelmed by the spirit of the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all know I like to pray a little bit before we get started. So let's get started, okay? 
This part four of the Heart Transformation series, I would say, is one that I am so excited about because it, it it's everything, okay? And I'm so happy that I, I walked in obedience and I'm still doing what God is asking me to do in bringing this message to you. Uh, today's teaching is all about the mind, particularly the mind of Christ. Who wants to have the mind of Christ? Do you know that if you do not have the mind of Christ, there are possibly other minds you could be walking in? Yeah, I know. You know, the heart is so complex that the mind gets its own time because the mind is literally what helps the heart transform. Yes. I mentioned this in episode one, and I want to say it again. If your heart is transformed fully into the image of Christ, you will no longer think with your mind alone. Rather, you will think with your heart. No, not the emotional heart, the total heart of logic, reasoning, emotions, desires, intentions, motives, and so on. The totality of your heart, you begin to think like that. Imagine having to think with your heart. You will not make decisions off the cuff. But what will you do? You will need to consult the Holy Spirit and basically assess the action, decision, choice, and so on before you make a decision, before you act, right? But since most of us do not think with our hearts yet, the power of yet, right? You're not thinking with your heart yet. And that's why you are in this teaching with me. Something prompted you to click on that link or click on that video or click on that podcast. And you're going to start with the mind and then find your way to the core, which is your heart. And that's fine. So to recap what I have shared about the heart so far in this series of heart transformation, your heartbeat for Jesus is everything. It is stronger than the ground you are standing on right now or sitting on right now. Your spiritual heart is the epicenter from which everything you think, say, and do flows. Think of your heart as the machine pumping nutrients to all parts of you. It is a given that if left to our own devices, the heart of every single man on this earth is deceitful. Jeremiah 17, 9, myself included. But thankfully, when you are under the authority of God, you learn to embrace the spirit of truth over that of the enemy and his schemes. We learned in part three, episode 61, that there is so much to do when it comes to the heart, especially the sin factor. And so you can listen to episode 61 to learn more. Doing a healthy heart work to break free and heal is a step in the right direction. The journey isn't easy, but over time you begin to bear the good fruits of the spirit. So then how about the mind? The mind is a part of it. And so let's talk about the mind. When I walked down the journey of heart transformation in 2016, I was Kate, the broken, hurt, vengeful woman. I had a spirit which was dead. Sometimes I tried to revive it myself, but would quickly get suffocated by life and the strongholds within. Then there was Kate, the soul, my will, my mind, my emotions, my conscience. Your soul is the part people experience every day, sometimes referred to as your personality. My soul before my heart transformation was all sorts of mental and emotional mess, okay? (laughs) My spirit was suffocating from the steep, deep-rooted strongholds. My soul was a mess from life's harsh experiences as a child with a lot of sexual abuse and assault and physical abuse through young adulthood where I also experienced some sexual abuse as well. My mind within my soul was hooked on these things from the past. And the thoughts that plowed through my mind was always leaving me broken, depressed, and angry. I was hurt. I was very angry. And I would often ask, where was God? Where was God? 
God was somewhere within me, but I always defaulted to protecting myself on my own. The walls I had erected around my heart were high and thick. I I refused to be comforted, comforted by anything or anyone else and just ruminated on these negative patterns of thinking over and over and over again. If, if, if I were to, if I'm to describe it, I don't know. I, you know, someday if I get to meet you one-on-one -on -one and you sit me down, I'll be able to talk to you more about those patterns of thoughts and how they can easily entangle our heart. My heart was cold. My mind was chaos, plagued by dark thoughts until one day, just one day, I was reminded of a promise. Before I talk about how my mind got renewed, let me share where my body was during the season of despair. My body was, uh, was everything to me. My body, which everyone saw at that time and still sees, of course, it was easy to manipulate and mask the body anyhow and any way I wanted. So I would work out a lot, just trying to get in shape and just focusing on my body. In essence, I was worshiping my body. So before I embarked on my heart transformation journey, my insights were screaming, help me, while my outside said, I am fine. You know that response we give, I am fine, but in actuality, we are not. We are totally, totally in need of help, and we don't even recognize it. That was me. Living like this was what is described in James chapter 4, verse 8 as double-minded. And cautious as I was, um, you know, I needed to purify my heart. So in James 4, 8, it simply says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Have you ever been in a situation where you were caught between two good choices, like you have the opportunity to take a trip of a lifetime to your favorite destination in the world, and then the president calls and invites you to a prestigious dinner? You are the lucky recipient of such an offer. Ooh, what do you do? What do you do, dear sister? Someone will say, make up your mind, just make up your mind and choose one option and go with it. But is making up your mind that easy? It is not easy to make up your mind because your mind can be sane sometimes and it can also be sick sometimes. Let's just be real here. Your mind can be sane sometimes and it can also be sick sometimes. So in his book, Spirit, Soul, Body, which I love, okay, y'all should pick it up, by Andrew Womack. He does a wonderful job of explaining the spirit, soul, and body connections excellently from a biblical point of view. The author explains how spirit is attached to your body and how your soul is attached to your body and how your spirit is never in communication with your body. However, whatever you feed your soul, it affects the spirit and whatever you feed your body, it affects the soul. And likewise, whatever you feed the soul, it impacts your body and whatever you feed your body, it impacts your spirit through your soul. Wow. Your soul is stuck right there in between the spirit and the flesh and they are in constant opposition to one another. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Let me sit in here for a minute with regards to the flesh. In Romans 7 verses 7 through 25, which you can read, we get to glean into Apostle Paul's inner man a bit. I mean... He's laid it all out for us, but if we were all to lay out our inner man for everybody to see, it will not be pretty, okay? It will not be pretty. Categorically, specifically, the double-mindedness of his soul and categorically his mind and his body, which is his flesh. I want to read from Romans 7, 21 to 24. So I find this law at work, the law to do good. When I want to do good, evil spirit is right there 
with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work. Excuse me. I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members, which is my body. What a wretched man I am, says Apostle Paul, who will rescue me from this body of death. Hmm. Wow. I am sure we have all at some point felt this kind of struggle and this tug within us. Your body wants something and you can literally find yourself bargaining and talking yourself out of it or into it, whatever it is. Within us is light and there is darkness, but only one can truly exist within us. So when you embrace the light, you say goodbye to the darkness, right? However, it is not that easy to separate your soul from the sins of the flesh. Oh my goodness. In verse 23 of Romans 7, there is the law of sin in the flesh, waging war against the soul, the mind. And without the one, Jesus, who is able to save you, we become prisoners to the law of sin within our flesh. And so in episode 61, I cautioned about the senses, right? Our feelings, our sight, our hearing, our smells, and our taste. These five senses get us in trouble all the time. <laughs> It is through these senses of the flesh, the members, that we feed our soul and spirit. When the spirit mind and the flesh mind do not agree, we encounter double-mindedness. And as James chapter 4 verse 8 says, there is a remedy to double-mindedness, okay? You know, in the word of God, he gives us the remedy for all the problems and troubles that we have. We just need one thing. We need his spirit within us to open our eyes that when we are reading scripture, we can understand and see what he's telling us. Knowledge is one thing and understanding is one thing. Knowledge is not the same as understanding. It's different. Okay. So there is a remedy to double-mindedness. Before James 4 uh, verse 7, Apostle James talks about submitting to God and letting goal of our friendship with the world. That's the first thing to the remedy of double-mindedness. You have got to submit to God. And the next thing he says is, God also opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In order to experience the single-mindedness of Jesus Christ, you, got, you have to be humble. You have to be humble in the presence of God. And you experience his grace and that helps you. If we think we know it all and can handle life's challenges on our own, we will continue to repeat the cycles of strongholds that then keep us hostages in bondage of sin. We must humble ourselves, dear sister, and submit our hearts to God first. Our lifeline in being transformed is submitting our hearts to God. If you submit your heart to God and you make a decision, a choice you will make every day that you will surrender and submit to the Lordship of Jesus, as Apostle Paul asks, who will rescue me from this body of, of death? But then he says what? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is why in part two of the Heart Transformation Series, I noted that you can totally transform your heart, but to have true heart transformation that rests on Jesus Christ. I believe that the transformation of a person into righteousness, into holiness, happens through the living truth and ways of Jesus. You can be good, do good, and yet not be holy and not be righteous. Should I repeat that again? You can be good and do good and yet not be holy 
and not be righteous, okay? You are transformed through the renewing of your mind from the sin nature to the spirit mind. Submitting your heart to God means choosing to be nurtured by God, despite your personality and how he created you. When you have truly humbled yourself in the eyes of God, you no longer refer to yourself from a personality standpoint. You refer to yourself from a Holy Spirit standpoint. That is when you know that you're truly transforming, okay? God created you in Eden, but your nature has been broken by sin. The sin of Adam carried through soul to get back to the true image of God within you. Guess what? Those parts of you that are in opposition to his spirit must be nurtured. Double-mindedness. <laughs> you have one nature, dear sister. Your born again spirit is simply that one nature. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, you became one with him. And immediately you exchanged your old nature for your new nature, which is your born again spirit. But something else stays the same though, your body. Your body doesn't change and you have to do the work. Your soul doesn't change. You have to do the work to renew your mind. You still have your natural carnal mind, which is in your soul. And that makes up your personality. And so you do certain things and it's like, this is the way I am. This is how God created me. If you truly, truly want to know how God created you, you have to go all the way back to Genesis before sin. That is how God created you. Okay. Oh, that sounded so good. And it hit the core. Go back before sin. That's how God created you. With this natural mind in me, I was prideful when I was going through my heart transformation. I was angry. Sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm sad. I was sometimes forgiven, sometimes unforgiven. I was organized. I was hurt. I was broken. I was hardworking. All of that was then. These acquired aspects of my personality, my soul, continued to persist and showed up in my life until I learned a new language by embracing my spirit mind. Inviting the spirit back into my heart opened my soul up to receive such renewal of my mind from sin nature to being nurtured. Dear sister, Remember this fact, your spirit mind will always think the way God thinks because in scriptures, like I can do all things, you know you need the strength to do all things. You know the strength you need to do all things would come from one source, the Lord. And so if you know that you need the strength of God to do all things, you already have the mind of Christ. You need the mind of Christ to be able to do all things. And guess what? Agreement between your spirit mind and your natural mind is a powerful, powerful position to be in because you experience supernatural breakthroughs. I love that the spirit of God lives in us as children of God. The Lord who is the spirit lives in us, making us his children. And where his spirit is, there is freedom. And that is 2 Corinthians 3.17. We have no business being slaves to our flesh and not putting up a fight against our own minds. But you cannot put up a fight against something that is a part of you, right? You need something that is greater, someone that is greater than yourself, to help you. I am not going to teach about the mind like, you know, in details there are books for that and I can recommend a few and I'll put that in the show notes. It's origin and offer elaborate techniques and all that. There are so many ways in which you can learn about the mind. I want to focus on the mind of Christ. And so after many years now of walking with Jesus and eventually understanding truth and experiencing what surrender, yielding, and choosing ought to feel like, I want to encourage you, dear sister, to take a few steps back in assessing where you have positioned your mind and who truly has your mind. Wow. 
You may proclaim that God has your heart, but someone else or something else has your mind and it feeds it every day. That someone or something feeds it every day. Whatever you feed your mind is ultimately affecting, affecting, and infecting not only your soul, but also your body and your spirit. So rather than talk about the carnal mind and the strategies which you can employ to battle with it and all that, which most books do, is they talk about how you can you know, work through your carnal mind. I want to spend the rest of this time showing you how renewing your mind uh, transforms your heart and it give and also me using me myself as an example I would also give you some practical applications that I still practice today to keep my mind under the lordship of Jesus so the mind will be and need renewal from when you begin to break free okay through the periods of staying free it will always be in constant renewal once you pick up your mind, that is, you choose to get on the freedom journey, free from sin and the effects that it has on your soul, it's going to be a beautiful ride. I had an unrenewed mind in my soul and flesh after being born again, and I needed to receive the spirit of God before I could even start the journey of mind renewal. Okay, you have to receive the spirit of God in order for your mind to renew. Trust, 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 you have to. And so in First, First Corinthians 2, it talks about receiving the spirit of God. And then you go on to start renewing your mind. Romans 12, verse 1 through 2 encourages us to embrace such renewal of the mind and to not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. Let me say this about the mind of Christ, and you can read in 1 Corinthians 2 as well. You will notice what Apostle Paul says about the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You must receive the spirit of God. To have the mind of Christ, you must receive the spirit of God. If we go back to the book of Romans in chapter 1, God will leave us to our depraved minds after we defiantly refuse to embrace him, to receive him. He's going to leave us to our own devices. However, for those who pursue the spirit, we see in Romans 8 that being spirit-led is possible and leads to life. The mind of Christ seeks righteousness, holiness, and thinks about things of God. The mind of Christ is the word of God active in our beings instead of the patterns of this world. The mind of Christ eventually replaces a natural mind so that anything that you think of and do is filtered through this mind of Christ. To have the mind renewal of the mind of Christ and the mind of Christ, I want to ask you a few questions to consider. Here are a few questions that I want you to consider. What old patterns have you and are still indulging in? What old patterns have you allowed into your life, your heart? Do you feel your mind is tired? How do you react to the practice of sitting still and being calm in thought? Is it, is it time to make a change, a shift in your ways? Ask yourself, what am I desiring? The mind of Christ or the mind of the world? Ask yourself, where am I going and where am I coming from? Know your history, dear sister, the habits, the people, the behaviors that may have shaped your thinking and be ready to renew it as you adopt a new mind. And also ask yourself, what am I measuring my character against? That of Jesus or that of the world? Because that of the world is ever-changing, ever-shifting, ever, 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 right? But that character of Jesus is set and it's stable. If we have all fallen short, maybe we need to align ourselves to something more stable instead of the world that is like shifting sands, always, always shifting. The parts before and after the scripture in Romans 12, one to two is very powerful. 
And I don't know if you've taken your time to read that, those parts, one, and then also the second part of part two, uh, verse two, because it tells us what we will gain when we renew our mind. Not just on anything here. You don't renew your mind on anything out here in the world because you do not want to feed your mind with the world and end up losing your soul. You renew your mind on only one book and one truth that will let you revive the spirit of God in you. And with the revived spirit of God in you, the Holy Spirit guides your heart to see truth, to see people, to see with simply one mind, the mind of Christ. So you start with receiving the spirit of God and the Holy Spirit helps you start to use the information you're getting from his word because now it's you don't only know his word, you also understand his language and he speaks to your heart. He speaks to your mind. Romans 12, one to verse one says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do you see what the true act of worship is here, dear sister? Your body, your flesh connected to your soul, your soul which bears your mind, offer this body as a living sacrifice. Let me talk about sacrifice a bit. According to the Gospel Coalition, the Bible, the biblical idea of sacrifice concerns the way of approach to God, finding acceptance before him by means of an acceptable substitute offered in place of the sinner and bearing the curse of sin. Sacrifice, finding acceptance before God by means of an acceptable substitute offered in place of you yourself and bearing the kiss of sin. God truly loves us, dear sister. He says, instead of sacrificing you, the person who has sinned, give up the part of you that is causing you to sin. Give it to me in worship. True worship is presenting the part of us that is precious to us, our bodies. Have you seen us lately in the gym, you know, doing the most? (laughs) We want to look good, feel good, smell good, and be admired by self and others. God says, can you deny yourself the pleasures of this world by giving this flesh to me? I don't know about you, dear sister, but even as I am talking through this lesson, I'm feeling it that, wow, that is true worship. But then I am also sitting here thinking, I've been doing worship wrong. (laughs) Jesus offered his body as a living sacrifice in atonement for our sins. Do 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 you see the connection? Jesus did it. He offered his body. So why wouldn't we offer our bodies? The part of us that is that is doing this, why wouldn't we go to him every day in worship? And we worship by, we fast as an act of worship. We deny our flesh the daily pleasures and desires. God says, offer your body in true worship. Refrain from defiling your flesh, your souls, by, and, and be holy and pleasing to me. Wow, wow, wow. Worship, sacrifice. I hope we all know that now. The second part of Romans chapter 12, verses one through two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Everybody loves this part, but this is the part that we oftentimes don't hear about. And this is where everything kind of makes sense. He says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you do transform your mind, if you do renew your mind, this is what it says. You can have the authority to test it out and say, wow, it is true. But if you haven't renewed your mind, you try to do the will of God and it's like, oh my God, no, this is not working. Do you see, do you 
see this here, dear sister? Like God's word really tells us everything that we need to know before and what we need to know after and what we need to know while we are in it. Our mind can be slowly eroded by the thoughts of God if we are not careful. This is why we must give careful thoughts to everything we take in with our five senses so that we can guard the heart very well. That's the wellspring of life. I'm reminded of the retreat. Your wellspring, the wellspring of your life. You want to live a wellspring lifestyle. And that's where we are going as Godly Woman and Company is we are living a wellspring lifestyle. Although in this verse, we do not explicitly see what we ought to transform our minds on. In Joshua 1 verse 8, it says this, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Study it. That's how you renew your mind. In Psalm 119, 11 through 16, it says, I remember this from Sunday school, so I'm going to recite a part of it, okay? And the King James Version is usually the best. So here we go. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all reaches. I will meditate in thy precepts and I have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes and I will not forget thy word. Wow. And also in Psalm 119, 105, this is it. Thy word is a lamp unto my and a light unto my, yes, feet and path. And I could go on and on about renewing, but here's one thing that we must do in the renewal. We must hide this word in our hearts, dear sister, when no one can, where no one can easily take it from you. Have you tried to hide something like, you know, me when I had my kids and I, you know, when they were younger and I would buy ice cream or something like that. And even from my husband, I will sometimes just hide it somewhere in the freezer, you know, where no one can easily take it from you and meditate on it day and night because the enemy is cunning and comes like a thief in the night to steal, kill and destroy. John 10, 10. Mind renewal is only through one person whose heart about us has been revealed in one book, the holy book. Have you picked up this holy book today, dear sister? Not to convict you or anything like that, because I leave that to the Holy Spirit. But as your dear sister in discipleship with you and you're listening to me and you've been listening to me, my goal is that for those who listen to my podcast, you're not just listening, but you're being renewed somehow. And one thing that I want to do in my life is the more I talk about God, the more I do this ministry work, the more I hope that you will get closer to God. And so when I ask, have you picked up this book today? It's not to convict you, to shame you. It's to remind you of the one book upon which everything stands. My heart transformation did not happen by chance. If I didn't go through it, we wouldn't have what we have today. Godly Woman and Company, you know, it used to be I Am Free Woman Ministries. If we wouldn't have a retreat coming up and all these things that are coming up for you and I. My heart transformation did not happen by chance. It did not happen uh, from me uh, uh, reading countless books authored by others. Because before I could absorb other people's theories and practices out there, I had to get into the authentic book first, the one true living water, the one that gives life first. 
and have God's spirit awaken within me first. And so with a renewed spirit and a renewed mind, you'll be able to authenticate what God says in his word, because guess what? He's said it, that if you do this with the renewing of your mind, you can test it and approve it, that his will is good. Gosh, only a child that knows their father will trust what the father says. Sometimes you're disobedient, but you trust that, oh, my daddy is looking out for my good. My mother is looking out for my good. If the relationship is so healthy and strong, you have absolutely surety, absolutely, 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 absolutely there with your father. <sighs> I remember my guest for episode 59 and 60, Kimberlyn Abbey, and you can listen to that. She stated that where there is agreement, there is power. Yeah. If you accept the mind of Christ, and now you and God are in agreement. Can you imagine the power you can possess? Imagine the authority that you can have, dear sister, when you agree with God. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Drop mic. <laughs> so before we even go any further, let me just talk about... Uh, the brain and neuropathways, okay? And no, I wouldn't lecture, okay? I said, I'm not going to talk about the, no, I won't lecture because I'm not an expert in neuroscience. However, I am an expert at being a student of studying the mind and the brain and the patterns and the world and all those things. I am a student. Can you be an expert student? You can. You can be an expert student because you want to learn and you want to gain the knowledge. But Understanding is sold separately. <laughs> Reticular activating system is responsible for sensation, consciousness, attention, and the sleep-wake cycle. The reticular activating system transmits the sensory messages to different areas of the cerebral cortex through the thalamus of your brain. Basically, what this means about your brain is that your brain naturally filters out information it thinks you don't need and only presents what you need, okay? If you go looking for the bad in any situation, you will find it. Your marriage is experiencing issues. The more you look for problems, you will find some problems. Trust me, you will. I have done this before and it works. And so our default ways of thinking, belief systems and traditions, adopted values and so on that we have had over the years do not help us with our reticular activating system. It just basically takes the shortcut and say, here, this is what you want. This is what you need, da, 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 da. Just as this filtration system happens to give you what you have already fed it over the years of life, when you become exposed to the spirit of God, and you embrace his thoughts about you through the Holy Bible, through his word, now you can make the reticular activating system work for you. Ooh. So you see, when God created us, he knew what he was doing, y'all. He knew what he was doing. The brain is not there to hurt you. The brain is there to transform you, heal you, help you. If you can feed your mind what it needs. You filter out the bad and you keep the good. This means instead of looking for the bad in situations, you look for what is good. If God promised you something for as much as your mind would want to shift into the reticular activating system state and activate the negatives, which could cause anxiety and worry. When you have the mind of Christ, and you focus on the good, it changes everything. This is where nature meets nurture. As you pose and as you become more aware, okay? As you use positive biblical affirmations, 
visualizations about what God showed you and goal settings, you can reactivate the reticular activating system's powerful filter to work for you. How powerful is that? By programming your mind of Christ towards the specific goals, you maintain a healthy outlook on life. That right there is the renewal of your mind. The reticular, if you feed yourself with the word of God, the affirmations, the biblical affirmations, the positive goals, the all those things, over time, you start to look for the good, even in the worst situations. And that helps you with worry, anxiety, depression, all these things. That is raving, you know, our mental health. Dear sister, what have you fed your mind more of today? The word of God or something else or someone else? In 2 Timothy 3, we learn about the purpose of the word. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It didn't say training in behavior modification. Training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The servant of God. We are all servants working in his vineyard, in his, and we need to, we need to really love and embrace the word. It will do everything for us. If you haven't fed your mind with the source of living water, I want you to do me a favor right now. And I don't mind asking this of you at all. Stop listening to me. Pause, turn on your Bible app, or pick up your Bible and read Romans 8. Invite the spirit-led life back into your soul, and each day read Romans 8. I am pretty sure we have all learned how to ride a bicycle and may know the parts that work and the parts that when entangled do not work. When the parts of the bicycle are functioning well, the bike moves forward in motion and the calibration of the wheels and the coil braking system, they all work very well. As the bike encounters a problem, the coils around the wheels get out of place. The bike cannot move forward smoothly and, um, and so you, you know it gets stuck. How about trying to reverse cycle? Have you heard of a backward bike? This is when the bike does not operate in the normal way in which most of us grew up knowing and riding a bike. To learn how to ride a backwards bike, you will need to unlearn the normal way you'd have known and learn this new way. Basically, you help your brain and learn and create a new neural pathway or pathways to learn how to ride the the backward bike. And by the way, adults have a less neuroplasticity compared to that of a child because we've grown, because we have experienced life and all that, but you still have neuroplasticity in you, but that of a child is greater. So the best time to train the mind is when? In childhood. I don't remember hearing much about the mind when I was a child. I really don't. And that is something that as you're listening to me, if you have children, start talking to them about their mind and their hearts. Ever wonder how children these days can learn technology faster than as adults? Neuroplasticity. The more you're able to unlearn and relearn, you're creating new neural pathways. And this is going to help you as you renew your mind on God's word, it kind of does something to you. That is why it is so important because it's the wiring within us, right? Renewing of your mind at this age would require unlearning and relearning just like the reverse bike or backwards bicycle. This is the secret to my heart transformation. That was it. That was the secret to my heart transformation. And after I did those things and I started to, so I invited the spirit back within me 
And then I started to renew my mind on God's word. Every morning before I go to the gym, I was sitting in that corner in our living room, just taking the word in. And so the simple actions, I would say, when it comes to renewing the mind after you receive the spirit of God is you sit with the Lord, you read his word, you pray about what you read, you meditate on his person through worship, songs, and prayer, you journal about and write about his revelations to you, you fast as much as possible, denying the flesh, and you repeat over and over and over again. In other words, you ruminate on that too. Basically, this is what I did in 2016 after I got reintroduced to the Spirit of God. Renewing of your mind, re-imaging your life cannot happen without God's Spirit, dear sister. Every day, every morning, I invited the Holy Spirit into my heart and allowed myself to do the work, allowed myself the time to work on self-reflection. And this is what I want to say about this. This is my my formula, okay? <laughs> don't 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 copyright it. I have it. It's it's everywhere. Everywhere in what I say and do because this is the revelation that the Holy Spirit gave me about renewal. Self-reflection leads to self-awareness, and self-awareness ultimately leads to the beginning of self-development. If you do not have self-awareness about the areas that you need to change, and you must change and be transformed in, in your thoughts, the habits, the behaviors, then how can you develop? Self-reflection leads to self-awareness and self-awareness leads to self-development, period. For my journey, all three of these were anchored in the word of God and the work of renewing my mind was led by the spirit of God, not me and not another human, period. You may need, for those of you who are not strong in your spirit when it comes to approaching God and working things out, you may need in the beginning, like maybe a godly therapist, a spiritual therapist, a pastor, a doc, you know, a, 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 I was about to say a doctor. Yeah, maybe a doctor, doctor of psychology who is a Christian something. Um, but somebody who you know is filled with the spirit and can guide you in the beginning up until you're able to work on it yourself. I was fortunate enough and blessed enough that I did not need another human to help me. It was the Holy Spirit that helped me. Such transformation is possible for each person, each person on this earth. But you must allow God space and time. Repetition becomes your friend and you never give up. You go back as it says in 1 Kings chapter 18, you go back seven times. Elijah said that to his servant, go back. Even when you go back the first time, the second time, keep going back. And eventually you begin to see transformation in your heart as your mind is settled and renewed. You are not double-minded, dear sister. You have the mind of Christ. So if you have submitted your heart to Christ, invite him to cleanse this heart and begin renewing your mind. Your freedom and healing from strongholds rests in letting go of your old self because it's been crucified with Christ. And each day renewing your spirit mind with his word, his truths, his promises over time, you're new. Romans 6, 67 summarizes what our freedom is about. And it says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died to sin has been freed from sin. This is gold, dear sister. This is gold. And this pretty much concludes part four of the Heart Transformation series the mind. In this part, we looked at the mind from the biblical point of view, focusing on the importance of understanding how our spirit, soul, and body are interconnected. The mind of Christ versus the mind of the flesh, including how we are wired in our brains, our reticular activating system, and our minds. 
The battle that we encounter daily between these minds and how we can choose to wisely walk through it. We also looked at the process of mind renewal, which leads to heart transformation. The importance of adopting a heart-thin mindset and guarding our heart by paying attention to our five senses. What the Bible says about renewing of the mind and being transformed is something that we've also looked at. And also we looked at the true meaning of sacrifice and worship. Worship is truly through our bodies more than the songs we sing. The gains or benefits of being one-minded is something that we also look at through uh, uh, being Christ-minded and not being double-minded in the world. So here are three words for you today. Sacrifice, interconnectedness, and one-minded. I have three thoughts for you today. One, heart transformation is God's business, y'all. Our business is to sit with him and allow him the space and time to work his will in us. Don't let anyone in this world, dear sister, fool you that you don't need God for a true heart transformation. If you want to do it without God, then go for it. I know what that process feels like, and I personally do not choose slavery over sin. I, you know, I don't choose slavery to sin. I choose to believe that there is sin and there is repentance through the grace of God. That to me is where freedom is, when the conscience is at peace and can rest. Thought number two, renewing of the mind must be a daily habit and practice on the word of God. First and foremost, every theory, every podcast, every information out here is basically either accepting of the truth or denying of the truth or being in the middle. So what wouldn't you, so what wouldn't we go to first? And why wouldn't we go to the source first for ourselves and read it for ourselves? Interestingly, why would we read anything else but not read the Holy Bible? Not reading the Holy Bible can be seen as an act of defiance, disobedience to the Spirit. And I have come to this place in my walk with the Lord where I do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God intentionally and on purpose. I do not want to disappoint him because I have spent many years doing that. And that really um, sits somewhere within me that's very emotional. I do not want to disappoint God because I spent many years doing that with the disobedience. And now that I have tasted and seen, I don't want to go back. Life is short and I want each passing hour to now reflect more of Jesus. Renewing my mind, dear sister, on the one truth from which all these other truths are vying for your attention time, and money. Renew your mind on the one truth and not everything else out here. Thought number three, you are never double-minded when the spirit of God is alive and fully alive in you. You must remember this and the dangers of being here and there is important. You know, you must know that. When you try to create your own version of yourself, by piecing together a piece of material from here and a patch from there, you know what that looks like, right? It looks like a quilt. <laughs> it looks like a quilt. You you know, you, you try to create your own version of yourself by piecing together things that don't match. It looks like a quilt, okay? And probably I will use this as an activity for the retreat in January. Oh, you aren't a patchwork of leftover materials, dear sister. You are a masterpiece, carefully, wonderfully crafted by the one true God with the purpose of filling the earth, subduing it, and being fruitful and multiplying. So what business do you have trying to craft your own self and redesign your own self, piecing together things that don't match and things that don't align? That's a quilt. God, God made you a masterpiece, so stop acting on your own terms as a patchwork, as a quilt. 
stealing from God, stealing from the devil, stealing from others, stealing from yourself and mixed it up into your own version and saying, this is how God made me. No, God made you before sin, Genesis 1. Allow God to renew your mind and restore you to his glory. Yeah. Three actions for you today. If you aren't following us on social media, what are you waiting for? I need you. I need you to spread the word. God needs you to spread the word. Let's just do this thing and help people transform their hearts and renew their minds and just be joyful and live this free life of holiness, righteousness, and all that. So godlywomanandcompany.org is where you can find us, YouTube, Facebook, social, Instagram, all that. Here are some heart healing habits and actions that you can reflect on in your journal. What parts of your nature are you holding on to that you know God wants to nurture? Who has your heart? Who has your mind? What are you currently feeding your mind? Is it helping or hurting your relationship and intimacy with Jesus? On the surface, we think it's all easy and stuff, but the things are buried deep in our minds and we have to take our time with it. And these questions will help you do just that. The bushes in front of my house, they don't, they're not easy to remove. I have to go in tenderly, lovingly, caring, and be able to uproot them one by one. Unlearn, relearn, unlearn, relearn. Action number three, pray. That's what I want to leave you with. And I'll always leave you with that. Pray, pray, pray. Listen to worship music, you know, sit still, quiet time, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to walk with you, to be with you, to help you. And he will do just that. But prayer is really important as you begin to transform your heart and renew your mind. You want that. It is always a great time when I get to walk in my purpose, which is teaching, coaching, discipling, and helping each and every single woman that I come across and meet to also walk in their purpose and also take care of your heart and take care of your mind. Living free, dear sister, is everyday godly decisions that frees your heart and mind, feeds your heart and mind, and focuses your heart and mind on the things of God. My heart is always full when I get to sit here with you and I get to talk to you about things of God and how we can heal, how we can be peaceful with ourselves, how we can find acceptance and all those things with ourselves. I'm happy that I get to walk in my purpose with so many of you. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast and sending this message across to other sisters. I really appreciate it. So let's choose to be free. Let's choose to live free. Let's choose to stay free. Being faithfully renewed, encouraged exceptional women and men of God. This is Kate, your Chief Joy Activator. Until next time, may God's goodness and mercy follow.